that's a growler. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and tiny size the movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howitt. I'm Journey Steele. And with us this week again is Scott Corelli. Yes, I am back, and I forgot to say hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Scott? I am good. Do we all get a good nap, just like the bat? <laughs> yes, welcome to Tuesday. We're in flying our way through the week. Haha, <laughs> no pun intended, except maybe. <laughs> I I felt like you were reaching for the dad joke a little bit, but it yeah. is applicable to minute 21. I'll actually explain this one a little bit because it's part of my notes. Um, we do find out why, or we get an idea about what his size actually is because we had talked before about not knowing if they were super tiny or if they were average sized and the rock biter was giant but in this picture you see a whole bunch of average sized people and these very very tiny windows to which of which he climbs into one and therefore shows that he is very small in stature we think unless ever no i'm not going down that path again (laughs) all right today we're going to talk about minute 21 we're not going to think about conspiracies and sizing and perspective in movies All right. (laughs) Minute 21 starts with the Night Hub, continuing a sentence which started with the home of the Empress. She's our only hope. And it ends with, we don't know his name yet, but it's Chiron saying, I know you have come to beseech the Empress for help. And help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I cannot resist a Star Wars reference. I was trying to make it myself. (laughs) I had the note written down. I was like, and welcome to Star Wars Minute, where we're talking about she's oh. our only hope. And oh, this is boy. not going to be the only Star Wars reference in this minute. No, it's so great. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first thing that I have to talk about is this wonderful, wonderful shot that Wolfgang got um, of the like the POV switching so that Chiron comes into view. That is incredible. What an entrance. Mm-hmm. Like just slowly lifting that camera so it just reveals him slowly. And I am a little bit disappointed because in the book, Chiron is a centaur. Yep. And he's the best healer in the entire Fantasia. Mm. And I'm mildly disappointed that it's just a man with a weird dorsal fin. All right. <laughs> well, Okay. So in the book, I mentioned the Empress is sick. She's been visited by 500 of the best doctors. He is the 500th. He is the best. 499 haven't been able to figure out what's going on. Here, his message makes it sound like these aren't doctors. These are messengers who are just learning for the first time that she's sick. But he's also not a centaur with the lower body of a zebra. So yeah, it's a little disappointing from, from the book's perspective. But... This is Moses Gunn, and he's incredibly badass. <laughs> I, yeah. oh. That Good shot stuff. you were referencing, um, I when I was a kid, I always thought. I guess I guess I just watched ET enough that I thought <laughs> it was like a do- door, like lowering on a like I, I thought the door was lowering. I didn't realize that it was uh, a camera movement when I was a kid. Now. You know, I'm not against it actually being a door opening because it does look like a petal of the flower, I, like, opening down. Mm-hmm. It looks like a petal, but now I'm trying to think, when we see him standing there, 
It's about the is, right size. If, if that pedal, if you look a, a couple seconds down the road, you could be right, Scott. It may be that it was a door opening and he steps out onto it. Well, because let's look at let's look at it from the other perspective. Let's say it's a, yeah. not a door opening and it's just a just a opening, and he's just sta- like what he's just standing there. Like he's just. He's just standing there, staring at everyone, waiting for the camera to get him in view before he starts walking forward. Yes. <laughs> He's really full of himself, okay? Yeah. Like, he knows to make how an to make an entrance. An entrance. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it is a, a pedal coming down. And the whole circle that he ends up standing on is that pedal. Because otherwise, there's no place for that view to come from. Because it goes right into the stairs. Yeah. But actually, if you freeze, and this might be... Actually, well, this is a later minute, but it's the same set. The pedal, and I'm using the air quotes because it does have some texture to it. It has steps built into the little ledge that are what he steps down to the stage, the set, the... Yeah, I see that. The proper, beautiful, oh my God, can I just go live in the never-ending story. All right. Pay attention (laughs) now. (laughs) All right. So I've... Should we get into the Star Wars references now? I, I, I mean, I, I, I have to talk about this amazing bat reveal. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, that. Okay, so, so first, first of all, I don't think I ever realized that they were that that was a regular size bat, and he is a tiny person. I like as as a kid, I don't think I've ever realized that. <laughs> so did I, did I just blow your mind? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> So, so that's number one. But when they're coming into these windows and he crawls into one and then the bat just, just lowers down, like, upside like, down. yeah, upside down, like he's a animatronic on like a Disney ride, like on Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Um, it's, oh God, it is just, it is be- it's beautiful. See, what yeah. you don't know is he's actually got webbing, and he's lowering, <laughs> oh, he's lowering himself down here, just like Spider-Man. It's so... I can't take it seriously. It makes me laugh so hard. It's so dramatic, and there's so much majesty happening, and then just like, that head slowly coming into view perfectly. You just, you just want a little a little slide whistle. Just like, <laughs> right? Yeah. What you don't know is Mary Jane's going to give him a kiss here shortly. Aww, he deserves it. He he did a lot of work yeah. through the morning and night and whatever this is. You do get another good look at, uh, I know I keep mentioning this, but Night Hob's makeup. Oh and, my god, like, yes. The prosthetics on his hands. Like, when he's crawling into that wall, you just get these ugly, ugly hands with these mm-hmm. horrible, ugly nails, and it's perfect. Now, see, I think he's why I don't mind E.T.'s long fingers. Apparently, this doesn't bother me in my 80s movies, but that, with his hand entering the window, and then he's looking through the window, is actually when I first saw this movie, I'm fairly certain. I've said I don't remember like when I first saw this movie, the first time I was three, I think. But this is one of the first shots I remember. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there are things I recognize from earlier in the movie, but they are from later viewings of it or from having seen it or finally gotten the VHS of it. Because I remember at one point rediscovering the earlier scene with the campsite. I had okay. no memory of that whatsoever. <laughs> this was where I thought the movie started. <laughs> so it has a special place in my heart. And yes, Tila looks amazing. And we're going to get some great facial acting under all that right everybody soon, let's but, let's take sorry. a little field trip together 
Um, if do you guys have the movie pulled up? Can you go to second twenty? Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about this crowd a little bit. There's some stuff in here that if you've followed this movie at all, you might have seen before, but we're going to point it out for everybody that hasn't seen it yet. Okay. First of all, if you go to the farthest right and the middle of the screen, there's a person there standing there awkwardly. Mm-hmm. He looks an awful lot like C-3PO. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just below him. We have two what would be Ewoks, I believe. <laughs> Looks like Treadwell next to them. Yep, Treadwell, or there's thoughts that he might be E.T. Oh, okay. If you go to the left of E.T., we've got Mickey Mouse, people. Mickey <laughs> Mouse is here. He's got the three, the two ears, and he's here to, to see Fantasia as well. And, you know, while this all may seem a little bit odd, if you're thinking about Fantasia in the meta sense of the way word where it's everybody's fantasies and dreams and hopes all this stuff actually fits in perfectly hmm. so oh, star wars definitely exists within yes Fantasia. so you've also got i can't see it in this picture maybe it'll come in a later view but um gumby is supposed to be in here as well <laughs> somewhere it's almost straight down if you were to keep going down those stairs from where chiron is just straight down He's right down at the bottom there somewhere. Huh. Hmm. Um, I think there's another view where you can see it a little bit better. And then in another view on the opposite side of C-3PO, we should later on be able to see Yoda sitting there. Hmm. Hmm. Actually, I, I, I can see Gumby right now. He's walking into the frame at the very bottom at second 20. You see his little, like, odd-shaped head. Mm-hmm. Is he and, the one with his arms kind of out to yes, the side? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He looks that's like what he's I was walking wondering in. if that's what it's supposed yeah, to be. He looks like he's walking into the frame right there. There's a lot going on. Yes. So there's there's my my group notes. <laughs> no, I'm I'm trying not to be distracted. Do you remember when they call her the childlike empress cuz so far she's just the empress? I don't remember when that actually happens. I know it's um well, actually yes I do. Isn't she listed and the credits is She the, is listed in the credits as In the that. opening credits, I mean. No. No, no, it said in it they said don't in introducing Tammy Stronach as the child of, like oh, Empress. Okay. I thought yeah. it was just introducing Tammy Stro the Stronach. Thank you. Yeah. Hmm. Um maybe it did say it there. I just I, I found that very distracting that now I'm listening for it. I let's see, I have notes seriously, what is this set? Because I'm in love with it. Uh, sh- more shout outs to the art direction and makeup departments. <laughs> I know. I want to get married here. This is <laughs> Oh, it's so, so dramatic. I'm going to get a little adult here. Uh, for those who, I'll, I'll keep it PG, but the when we were talking about the opening door, <laughs> this is very um, symbolic. Oh, I see I where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Symbolic I of, know where this is going. No, flowering womanhood. Georgia O'Keefe is down with this yeah. tangent. Flowering womanhood is here, uh-huh. and the bright light within, um, uh-huh. the source of all for Fantasia. This is the source. Was this set designed by H.R. Geiger? Is that? Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm just saying, like, it, all the metaphors fit here because she, you know, holds the power to the kingdom. Uh-huh. She, um, the light within, and it all begins here. This is the oh, beginning. Man. And now I can't unsee it. This is horrifying. 
<laughs> well, I'm sorry to make you keep looking at these extras, but we have to give them their due because there's no cast list for this. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's no indication on this or the minutes to come of who these people are. I have at no all. problem with digging into what you see and what you find interesting in these uh, in this grouping here. Yeah. Because I can't find anything, not even a like, oh, this acting troupe showed up and was a bunch of extras or anything. Like, nope, we just have no idea who these people are. Now, have you guys seen so frustrating. Bridge to Terabithia? Mm-mm. No. Oh, my goodness. Amazing movie. I highly recommend it. And there's a fantasy realm there that they go into. And there's a similar kind of setting where you come into this. It's at the very end of the movie. You come into this land and you get to see people greeting you as you, you come into it. And I think they took a lot of ties from what we see here. Excuse me. Hmm. Um, the large-headed people that we see here, I think there's some of those. The hmm. fairy-like people, there's a couple of those. And they're done. their art, art is done a little bit differently, but there's definite tie-ins here. I think whoever made that was definitely trying to pull from this a little bit. The costumes in particular of like the, the humanoid people are very prequely. Uh, in, in a good way, cause that's one of the good things about those movies is the costuming. But it's, uh, it very much looks like something, like there's behind the rock people, um, well, behind them from the perspective we're seeing, I guess it's to the side of them. Right. There's those, uh, girls with a flower in their hair and they look like they're, they're like handmaidens from Naboo. I can um, see that. Yeah. But these, these rock people are, I mean, that's incredible. This, this. Oh, yeah. Whatever you what a creature design or makeup or whatever, however you would want to describe what they are, um, they're the detail. Absolutely, it, it's not like just a insane. large head on a body. It's it feels like it, it could actually be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is a large head, but yeah, the I'm trying to figure out if like that's giant puppetry, really. But yeah, this is very. Oh God, sorry, I keep getting distracted. Every time, like, their eyes move or twitch a little bit. Uh-huh. I mean, that would be fairly easy to do for those large things. There's somebody inside with hand controls for the eyes and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they're shaking a little bit to give it a little life. But, yeah, they went – when you get into the close-ups of those faces, they're incredible. Yeah. That elephant mm-hmm. isn't a real elephant. But other than that <laughs> – I mean, it's it's not a real <laughs> elephant, but it looks real – it looks like a really great fake elephant. Yep, yep. And a uh, little Rufio there to the mm-hmm. right of him. You're right. Actually, um, next to the elephant is absolutely like one of the handmaidens. Yeah. When they're totally. in disguise. Yeah. Uh-huh. That Rufio guy, he reminds <laughs> me of, do you guys ever um, see this kid's show back in the day called Zoobly Zoo? I did not. <laughs> no. I have no. a three-year-old and I've I have not come that, across though. that yet. <laughs> uh, well, that's, it's an old kid. It's like from when I was a kid. Um, like, so it would have been late 80s probably hmm. um but it was a show called zoobly zoo and he looks like a zoobly zoo somebody listening to this is like zoobly zoo <laughs> oh. i haven't thought of zoobly zoo in like Scott, 15 I'm years sure you're not alone <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh yeah this kid this kid lee looks like zoobly he looks like a zoobly zoo character <laughs> did you guys notice how a lot of the creatures here are paired yes like, they're not by themselves there's like two of each but the people that we see or we met on the road coming here by themselves. I thought that was a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, 
to bring it back to the... So these are messengers, apparently, not doctors. Um, I'm going to change the conversation a little bit, too, because we're coming up on some of the multi-faced people who really bug me. Um, mm. They're scary. <laughs> but, so they're messengers from all over Fantasia. They've come to the Empress to find out how to beat the nothing, but she's sick, and oh no, what are we going to do? Um, that may be next minute, sorry. But why is the Night Hub climbing up the outside of the ta- ta- why is the night hub climbing up the outside of the tower and sneaking a peek into this if he's also a messenger and where are the rock biter and teeny weeny and none of this makes any sense i think night hub is sitting there because he won't get squished there and if he's if you look at the windows in the background there is they're pretty small and he fits in mm. it really well so he would get squished maybe sitting on the ground. He wouldn't be able to see anything. So at least from where he's sitting, he has a good view. That's true. Well, in the book, there's people and creatures of all sizes. So he would have fit right in. But also in the book, everyone gets to go to the ivory tower, not just him and the bat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I should just take my enjoyable bat upside down entrance and be quiet. <laughs> I also think I also think they would have trouble pulling that off visually. The, the the little yeah. the little guy with all of these bigger creatures. I think that would just be it's more trouble than it's worth, I think, <laughs> ultimately. Yeah. Um but going back to the fact that everyone's in pairs, I think that uh that is visually I, I visually I think that's being done on purpose by Wolfgang to sort of like, I don't know, make you think of Noah's Ark because the world is ending. Yeah, you know? exactly what I was getting out there too yeah I thought we we're on the same thought train there sorry didn't mean to take you guys off on a different path <laughs> it's fine I'll, I'll get uh we're all about tangents here Tierney. pomp and circumstance queued up for <laughs> <laughs> the arc march um speaking of fantasia <laughs> let's see um my i have a feeling chiron is not a centaur for that same reason of it that's just more trouble than it's worth i, I yeah definitely i think they were <laughs> like that's a great idea We've got a lot going on already. I've seen too many bad centaurs done, and th- at this this stage of the game, there wasn't CGI, so they couldn't do it that way. And it would have just been this odd horse body following behind him, most likely, that wouldn't have looked good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does bother me that the center f- dorsal fin on his head is not centered, <laughs> but that's just my OCD, I think. Well... You know, some people's noses are slightly to the left or right of their face. Yeah, could just be a little. They did such a hard, a good job, you know, with his makeup and his beard and stuff, making sure it all looked even. And then just it, it's like the top is just a little off. Who body shame him? <laughs> I know who am I to body shame Chiron? <laughs> also, again, just because I looked up some, uh, I was reading about Moses Gunn because. Unlike when we were doing the opening credits, I actually looked at who any of these people were this time. (laughs) It's very exciting stuff, I know. And you're right. He was in everything. Yeah, if there was a... And he's so good. (laughs) If there was an 80s show, he was in it. (laughs) Uh, Well, I also love... So he did a ton of the Shakespeare in the Park plays. Okay. Under Joseph Mm. Papp, which I found. That was most of his... um, he has many stage credits, although I think that was kind of his claim to fame. But 
he did other shows, including one that did end up making it to Broadway. He played Othello at some point. And he won an Obie, which is the Off-Broadway Award. The, which is the Off-Broadway Award. And then and on his... Oh, it was on his Wikipedia page and his IMDb page. I just really liked the quote, A formidable Obie-winning stage player. He co-founded the Negro Ensemble Company in the 1960s, which is a theater company that has obviously undergone some changes since the 60s, but I believe is still in some capacity producing plays. Hmm. That I'm trying to remember now exactly what it is, because it had... First of all, even when they chose that name, people argued that they shouldn't have chosen that name. But <laughs> they had their whole reasoning of like, no, it's to honor Harlem and all the, the Harlem Renaissance and all this stuff. But even uh, at least up until the 2000s, because now, of course, I'm blanking on if it's still in production in 2017. <laughs> but up through the late 90s into the 2000s, there was still this company doing something. I don't know if they're just producing now or if they're still a theater company, but they're still around. And that, when you look at who's been involved in that group, it's just very formidable. Hmm. I want to take a small moment here to talk about the, I guess, the tone of ethnic diversity here, Um, especially with this being a movie and a book that um, hails from Germanic roots and the problems that they had there with, you know, World War II and You, you and really want to go that. down this road? I do because, All right. because All Wolfgang's right. doing a great job here of trying to show that diversity is good, that, you know, there's all these different people from all these different areas. And I think that sat well with, with Moses Gunn. And that's one of the reasons I'm saying this. He has actually mm-hmm. has a, a quote on IMDb where he says, when you talk about actors in film who are black, for a long time, the only one out there at the box office was Sidney Poitier. Now there are three or four, but not many more. And I think he may have been really on board with this idea of all these different cultures working together to solve problems together and and being part of this larger thing instead of these separated groups. Hmm. So, yeah. yes, I'm going down that road. <laughs> no, it's okay. I I will... I will gush in future minutes about how Noah Hathaway actually is uh, of some Native American descent and how happy that makes me. So So now we get to your friends, the multifaces. Oh, do we have to? We do because if the multifaces drink orange Julius, I'm out. (laughs) So you haven't, you probably haven't heard the minutes yet, Scott, but there's these early minutes where, Um, Bastion's dad drinks this drink made of orange juice and raw eggs. And the closest I could come finding out what it was is Orange Julius. So I've grossed her out for a few episodes (laughs) with talk about Orange Julius. And now we have these wonderful multi-face creatures and this woman with her O face. Oh my gosh. I, this is, this, this creature design is brilliant because Here's the thing. I have a Doctor Who podcast. We watch a lot of classic Doctor Who, and that show does stuff like this all the time, but they do it like you would think you would do it, which <laughs> is you have the the actor, and then you put like two fake heads on either side of them or, right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, like a paper mache head. And or you imply there's one in the back, but they never turn around. <laughs> right. But here, uh, they just made all of them fake heads. Yes. They, so 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 they all look the same 
which is they all have they're all fake faces genius. Um, and yeah it's genius because then it it makes it it definitely makes it off-putting but it makes it <laughs> off-putting because it's consistently off-putting and not just like oh that's a person with two fake heads yeah. on either side of them yeah yeah when she turns it just ugh. yeah by the way, if you ever need a guest on, on your Doctor Who show, I love Doctor Who as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I love it, but I started with 11. Mm. Actually, Ooh. that was my jumping in point of someone's girlfriend at the time was into it and said, all right, they're starting fresh, new characters. Now's a good time to get into it. And somehow the word reached my then boyfriend at the time who got me watching it. And I don't think he realized what he was starting. <laughs> I've now seen everything from the reboot in 2005. Is that right? right? Yes. Yeah. So I've seen every episode of that mm-hmm. at least once. I've seen every episode with Amy and Rory at least twice. <laughs> and I, we watched a bunch of the old classic ones, but I, I don't mind doing an individual arc. But it's kind of hard to get into just sitting down and watching a random episode. I can, oh, there's, yeah. There's course. one episode I can watch over and over again. That's the Van Gogh episode. Oh, I, yeah. I love yeah. that episode. Oh, yeah. No, it's that's a brilliant episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely have to have both of you guys on at some point. And here on the Doctor Who Minute. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who Minute. <laughs> that's okay. I, I am easily distracted because I also love David Tennant separately yeah. from that, but... Yeah. Did, did you happen to watch the Jessica Jones show episode? Uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix? Yes. Yeah, he was amazing in that. That was very... Okay, so uh, as a straight female, that was a very confusing time for me. Well, I can imagine. <laughs> because because it's all, it's... I was still attracted to David Tennant, but I really, really, really knew I wasn't supposed to be, and that was very right. clear. Can you, can you say rape culture? <laughs> I didn't know what to do with my feelings because <laughs> he's so pretty, but bad. <laughs> okay. And that's not a spoiler for Jessica Jones. That's very clear right from the yes, start. They, they, there's oh, no imagining God. that he is a good guy in that show. No, no. And he, yeah, he looks so good. It's very, very confusing <laughs> if you are attracted to men. <laughs> Goodness. All right. So do we uh, well, have anything yeah. else? Oh, go ahead. I'm not attracted to this multi-faced man. So you sure? I, I mean, one of them might be kind of attractive if you look carefully. <laughs> oh I, I, You know, I'll say this. Look, if you're going to do this multi-face thing, the right move is what they did with the woman, which is that they gave each of her faces bangs and then they sort of like make this little nest on the top of her hair. Mm-hmm. What you don't do is give him like a giant yarmulke. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> How does that even work? Yeah. That is not staying on anybody's multi-faced head. That is No. No, no that no. doesn't work. Although I do like that they brought their multi-faced pet with them. Right. So uh, what kind of hat do you think would have worked there? <laughs> no hat. Don't wear a hat. <laughs> there has to be like maybe one of those giant cowboy hats. Oh, maybe. Uh, or wait, a giant yeah. sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only Maybe. it could echo the rough. <laughs> like a floppy fisherman's hat or something? Yeah, something with a with the sides oh, that are the same. <laughs> like a nineties bucket hat. Yeah. That's what he needs. What so about one, since we only see three faces, what if it's like one of those pirate hats that has three sides? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh goodness. Oh, problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is yeah. interesting that they chose to – well, I know why they chose to do it. These ruffles around the neck so that they didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about, well, which way is their neck going to face if they have this many faces? Do they have four necks as well? Mm-hmm. So, but I yeah, think it's I, a stem. I, I do like how they chose to go with the back of the actor here and put the head – basically, it looked like looks like it was just a – a hat or something on the actor with three heads on it, which probably made it really easy to put on and off, and they just filmed them from behind. Mm-hmm. Wait, Thomas, this isn't real? Oh, I'm sorry, My suspension Terry. of disbelief is That's ruined! C- Welcome to the Movies I'm by Minutes kidding. format, <laughs> where all I... your dreams are shattered. <laughs> there is I no illusion here. <laughs> would like to believe that even as a kid, I kind of caught on to what was yeah. going on. Yeah, there is scene. no illusion when you get into movies or minute, minute podcasts like this. But all that's right, what we're well, here for. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have for today, but I know that um, Chiron has some more to tell us about. Yeah, but that's, that's another, another story. story that shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different on a growler. I'm keeping your bones.